You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty G. And it's time to kick off the show with a starting lineup. The two topics the guys are most passionate about. Presented by University of Utah Health. And now here's Hans Olsen, starter. Well, probably was the best pen I've done, though, so far. It was beautiful, like a redwood. Yeah, it was uh, It was a uh, some, uh, I forget the name of the wood, but it's from, like, um, from Africa, South Africa. Sounds expensive. It was not actually very, it was, the wood was actually given to me, so. <laughs> oh, well, then that's The wood I was going to actually pay for. It's a pretty good Not deal. giving that to me. But you had to buy the pen inserts. I did. I did buy the pen inserts. Well, that's not just and I spent, I, get, I, I spent about an hour and a half of my night. In fact, in fact. Did you just make that last night? I did make oh. it last night. So I uh, I was thinking to myself, like, I was really, you know, still kind of irked at Lloyd a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? All he's going to do is just, like, hold the fact that I didn't, like, you were so mad at me you didn't give a pen. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to go make him a damn pen. And then I'll be like, no, even though you're a jerk to me, I'm still honoring what I said I would do. And gave him a pen. And gave him a pen. It makes him feel worse. And I hope it explodes. I feel like you giving him a pen was an effort to make him feel worse. Oh, it totally was. Like No, that's what guilty. I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 100% what I'm saying. You know, that's. I think as a man, that's what we need to do. Yeah. We need to exploit somebody's weaknesses, go after them, attack them, hurt them deeper if we, if we can. Because if he hurt me and I didn't give him the pen, then he wins, right? You're right. Yeah, then then he's able to hold that against you. Yeah, it's a pretty like, nice. Well, pen. yeah, I, I might have hurt him. I feel like it's a win-win for me right now. I don't think uh, I don't think any of us really want to get too much into yeah, this. Right. this. Sorry, this thing just drives me nuts, man. You know, we just hammered this with the NCAA and the Yoli Child's decision to suspend him for nine games, and obviously BYU went BYU. back and they tried to appeal, and they came back and they're like, "Why are you even trying? It's nine games." BYU's been on the uh, on the business end of the NCAA quite a bit lately. So BYU's trying to appeal the two seasons that they threw out, the 2015 and 16 th- season and the 2016-2017 season, vacated all those wins. And BYU appealed it, and they were like, come on, come to your better senses, NCAA. Do the right thing. There's people out there doing a lot worse than this. We had no knowledge, and anything we've read, read and investigated from the NCAA in the past, when there's no knowledge, you don't vacate wins. Essentially, that's what BYU's response to in the NCAA's decision was. Yeah. Hey, we have a pattern of expected penalty when a university is unknowing in the violation. We know what to expect, and it is not vacated wins. And the NCAA is like, no, nah, no, it is. Yeah, and we're going to hold on to those vacations, and you're going to have to just deal with it. Yeah. I went back, and uh, I was actually in the parking lot going over the NCAA's, uh, the full uh, denial process. And their line was, uh, and, and I tweeted it out, their line was essentially, hey, you uh, stuff happened, and you admitted that stuff happened. In fact, they quoted – During the October 18, 2018 panel hearing, uh, the appellant's uh, representative acknowledged, quote, that for serious multiple violations in this case, we agree that they are serious. We agree that there are numerous violations. And so they said, all right, you admitted that things happened, 
And they also went on to say there is no requirement of institutional knowledge or involvement in the violations for the prescription of vacation of records penalty. So they're saying, you know what? doesn't even matter. You, If you knew, if you didn't know, we don't care. You're vacating W's. So giddy up. And that equates to 47 W's, Scotty. Yep. So, you know what I feel bad about in this whole thing is Dave Rose. If Dave Rose truly, and I believe Dave Rose, truly did not know what was going on, here's a man who retired with nearly 350 victories to his name Yep, and has to take 47 of them and just off they go. Yeah, because some kid was behind his back, you know, taking vacations and driving cars and those types of things. That is really the reason that as a NCAA athlete, when I had opportunities to take things from people, I, I had to double think it because I didn't want to embarrass Lavelle. You know, I, I actually believe Scotty by and large, there are a lot of NCAA players that will not accept um, impermissible benefits because they've got a lot of respect for the coach. They don't want to hurt their coach yeah. more than the university. They don't want to hurt their coach. And coaches are pretty good at coming into a room, sitting the entire team down and saying, hey, guys, just understand that if you take an impermissible benefit and you get caught, it's my name, face, and reputation that's that's, uh, on the line. So please be smart with the decisions you make out there. There's no way that a coach can, can patrol and manage 80-something on a football roster, and what is it on a basketball? 16? 15. 15 on a basketball roster. They just can't. Yeah. So you really have to put it back in the athlete's hands. And that's what it seems like that's what Dave Rose did. And it seems like that's what the NCAA investigation found, Yeah. was that the university and Dave did not know. And they still said, well, even with them being unknowing, this kid's decision is going to cost them 47 wins. Problem that you're looking at here is the message that you're sending is a message that, frankly, everybody has been well aware of for years and years and years of the NCAA. Is Remember, they, this is a the governing, governing body of college athletics. However, it is not a uh, – this isn't the law of the land. So they don't have any subpoena power. So they can't, they can't actually make you – testify under oath and they can't throw a you know a a perjury charge on you if you lie so you lie like the problem is that byu byu is being too honest here byu uh self-reports self byu admits guilt and they They repair and they were in and they they do all the things that they're supposed to do back and then they're looking at it and they say okay well you know what you kind of brought it to our attention so we got to do something like the message you're sending here is shut your mouth and don't do anything. And, and, li- if, you, and if you and do, lie. and if you do get caught, you lie. You lie. It's like I go back. I went back to the uh, and I just tweeted this out too before we came on the air. Uh, Missouri got smacked around. Uh, I want to say about a year ago because they had a tutor that was helping kids uh, complete classwork, and they caught it, self-reported it, sent it to the NCAA. NCAA throws a hammer, a Thor down on them. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What about North Carolina? Kind of same thing. They they look not they didn't have tutors. They just created imaginary classes for their students, and you didn't do anything. Here's their argument: 
This is what the NCAA said about North Carolina. The conduct at issue in this case is distinguishable from the University of North Carolina. Among other differences, North Carolina stood by their courses and the grades it awarded student-athletes. In support of that position, North Carolina asserted that although courses were created and graded by an office secretary, student-athletes completed their own work. <laughs> they stood by, meaning they lied. Yeah. They, they went down to their grave saying, uh-uh, we, this, this was, was all on the up and up. Yeah. And secretaries grade classes all the time. It's not a big deal. But the classes exist. No, they did not. There's a mountain of evidence that say they did not, but they went in and said, "Hey, North Carolina, did you uh, did you make up these classes?" Uh, uh-uh. uh no, those are these are real classes. Uh, students did the work, and so they're oh, okay, well, we're good then. Yeah, you got to lie until you die here. Um, so Scotty, you know I, you know I, I have a lot of respect for Tom Homo. Yeah, you know I, I respect him as a man, and and I think he's done good things as an athletic director. I think that there needs to be some critique on how transparent or, sorry, how accessible he is. These little summits that he does, it's just not enough. You know, the, the Hanson Scotty show has put in multiple requests throughout the years yep. to get him on, as well as the morning show and the afternoon show. We have put in multiple requests, and there are questions that Tom Homo really should answer. Um, and now he could be sitting here listening and being like, well, I don't have to answer to you and Scotty, or I don't have to answer to you and DJ and PK. Well, yeah, but I do think that the answer needs to come more than just a couple times a month or a year. Yeah. And it's not like you're answering to us. You're a mouthpiece. You know, we're essentially, you know, distributing information to BYU fans. I, I really feel like there's a certain amount of hiding. You know, we have BYU media day, and I understand athletic directors don't typically go to Pac-12 Media Day. They, I think they did this year. I know Harlem was out yeah. there, and, and I, I saw quite a few of the athletic directors out there. But BYU Media Day is really an opportunity for Tom Homo to be front and center. Yep. And has been in the past, and he missed it this year. He missed it in a year where it's the toughest schedule ever put together for BYU. Yep. He missed it in a year where... ESPN and BYU are renegotiating, and there were a ton of questions at that time. Yeah. Still a ton of questions. Like, where is the announcement? He missed it in a year where, and, and I get it that this is football media day, but in a year where there was all these investigations going on with the NCAA in regards to the men's basketball team. Like, I just wish that, cause, because he, I think he's so good at handling at, at handling these things in the public. Yeah. I want BYU fans to be able to hear from him. I think it would be very advantageous for BYU and for Tom Homo to address the media on a more regular basis. Not just a release, yeah. uh, uh, you know, a scathing release, yep. but Tom going, in, and whether it's with DJ and PK or us or whoever, yeah. going on record and just saying to the public, this is how I feel. And this is what we did. And this is what's going on with ESPN in the negotiations. This is what's going on with the NCAA and their continued attacks on our university. And this is what's going on with, you know, our, our situation against the University of Utah. And, and just be there more. You know, our station has sent out a couple of requests for Mark Harlan, the University of Utah athletic director, 
it's nice to be able to hear from him. Yep. And I just think that it's a disservice to BYU and, and to BYU fans that they don't have the conduit. That we, we don't get to hear from the mouthpiece. So why? Is it, is it laziness? Is it you don't want to answer the repetitive question? Is it you've got something to hide? Is it you don't feel good about the situation? What, why not? You know, pick up a phone. Come on with me and Scott. Let's let's talk to the BYU fans. I, I I want them to be able to hear a direct comment from you in regards to a huge decision that just came down on the university. Yep. And I'm not happy with the release. I'm happy with the wording of the release, but it does not suffice. I just wish that I could get more to the bottom of this with the athletic director of BYU. And I want this to be prefaced with, I do have a tremendous amount of respect for Tom Homo. He treats me well. He's one of the few people that has really made me feel welcome when I come around that program. He always has treated me well. But I believe that he needs to be more available for the BYU fans in these situations. I know if this was an NCAA investigation that came down with Utah State or Utah, I know that we would have Hartwell or Harlan on this station, not necessarily with this show. It might be with this show. Yeah. But on this station where people could hear from them. I can safely say that would be an easy assumption to make. Like, they, they, would, they would be here. Is that not part of their responsibility? Uh, I think so. Is to answer to investigations and, and negoti- contract negotiations. Yes. And I, I don't want to turn my angle, but I, I do wish that BYU fans could hear from the man that represents the athletic It would department. be a good day. And I know BYU at the very end of that press release said there will be no further comment at this time. Stop with that. No, no. There needs to be more comments. Yeah, yeah you, you, BYU, you've got to stop with that. You can, look, I mean, let's be honest here. This is this was a very damning release from the NCAA. Yeah, like, NCAA's got its barrels pointed at BYU for some reason. And NCAA, they need to receive heat. Yes. Yep. They need to receive the heat. I, I, BYU's got to continue to put pressure. There will be no follow up. But it's like, no, there there needs to be follow up. Yeah. The NCAA, be in angry. a matter of a month and a half. Or how long was the Yoli Childs thing? It's about that. Yeah, in about a matter a month, of a month, month and, and a half, the NCAA has come in and beat you up soundly. Yeah. They've left you batted and bruised off of a technicality and off of a, a, a university having no idea or indications that an athlete was taking improper benefits. No idea. And they come in and they levy some of the hardest punishment that we've seen nationally. And you want to send a release that just says, there will be no further comment. Really? Yeah. Well, then I should have no further comment on this. Then I should bury all these NCAA things and say, well, BYU's done with it. I'm done with it. Well, I mean, that's kind of – after this segment, there probably probably are. You know, if you really want public outrage, you want to get out there and really beat the drum as to what's going on. But the problem is I'm so disgusted and disturbed yeah. by it that like, my, my, I feel like throwing up over the thing. Like that's how irritated I am with the NCAA. Yeah. But BYU's like, well, but we're done with it. We're done here. And and maybe their thought process is, well, we we tried, you know, we appealed, 
and we we went through with a thorough final investigation, and this is what came back. But to me, I would love to hear from Tom Homo. I would love to continue to stick it to the NCAA and and try to draw attention to how they decided nine games for Yoli and 47 wins vacated for Dave Rose and the BYU basketball program and how they make completely different decisions for different universities. Yeah. Don't take this wrong, BYU fans or Utah fans. Don't take it wrong. I'm not... I'm not overly upset with Tom Homo. I'm not upset with how BYU saying, "Well, here's how disgusted we are, and it's over." But I, I would, I would really like a, a further comment and further discussion yeah. on just how horrible the NCAA has now treated BYU. You know, it, it, what's really interesting too when I went when I went through the uh, NCAA um, their decision. You know, you go through it, and it's actually pretty fascinating to get the background as to what happened. And, you know, they the appeal process was made in Denver. According to the NCAA, the school president was there, as well as Tom Homo. And, I mean, BYU brought the cavalry to this hearing. And I would like to know what, from their because we've got the NCAA's perspective of what went on in that meeting. I'd like to know what BYU's thought was. I would, too. Like, take us through the play-by-play of it. I mean, when you got the president of the university there saying, no, this is bull, and the NCAA says, no, not good enough. I mean, come on, you've got a lot of ammunition here you can use. Does BYU stand to lose something more if Tom Homo went public and said – I don't think so. And, and, and went flamethrower on this? I don't think so. Because I mean, it, look, it's not going to do any good. Like, you're not well, – I mean, in terms of – like, the NCAA is like, ooh, they're really putting the media heat on us. Let's reverse this. Like, this, this is going to stand. Right. Nothing's going to change. And maybe that's BYU's thought. Like, well, it's not going to do any good. Well, I think the good you can do is to continue to – because Show the, the fight. More, the more you kick up heat, the more nationally it gets. Then you get Jay Billis all upset. He hates the NCAA. You start making a stink, then he hops on board. And then you get other guys, pundits involved. And hopefully you can maybe change the, uh, the way these things are handled within the NCAA. I just like I take it into like some type of personal account where somebody continues to abuse me and hurt me and upset me and goes and 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 mistreat me and I'm and then I release a statement I'm like ah, I'm done with that. Yeah. No, I I want to raise some stink. Yeah. Try to get some people looking at this. If I'm Tom Homo, the first thing I do is I come forward and I address it and I address some of their comments. You know, and, and I don't know how specific he could get, but when the NCAA said, well, yeah, w- w- we have the right to vacate wins, even if a university doesn't know, and we are assessing these penalties because you had a competitive advantage by one of your players taking a trip to Harry Potter land and getting a free vehicle. A competitive advantage? That's a competitive advantage. Like, explain to me a competitive advantage here. Because that certainly doesn't seem like an advantage. That that seems like it may be a fun advantage for a kid that likes Harry Potter. But it doesn't seem like we can bring that to the court and get any type of edge here. This isn't a recruiting issue. That that provides competitive advantage. So if you uh, you go to Harry Potter land, do you play better? (laughs) According to the NCAA... You come back and you play like magic. 